Portions of Native Roots Radio may be pre-recorded. It's a good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut, any cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Uh, this portion uh, segment is supported by... Uh, it's supported by... Let me see my list here. I have a great list here. It's supported by Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition, and we really appreciate their support over the years. Hey, I have a guest here, and we have some heavy-duty stuff we want to talk about. Could you please introduce yourself to our listening audience? Yep. Good morning, he honey. Watch day. Um, Washishu Ia Nida Medicine Crow in Makiapie. Um, my name is Nida Medicine Crow. I am the community engagement coordinator with the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Um, I am from uh, the Crow Creek Dakota Nation and I've resided in the Twin Cities area for about 20 plus years. So it's really good to be here. Thank you, Robert. Yes, and thank you for uh, your support over the years. We really appreciate this partnership. Um, we have a few things we'd like to talk about, but first I want to just back up just a tad for our new listening audience all around Turtle Island because, you know, we're on 12 stations live on the Civic Media in Wisconsin and, of course, here in Minnesota. And maybe our uh, specifically our white allies don't know what we're talking about. And I wonder if you could just give some uh, information about what we're going to talk about in the in the event that we're going to be uh, speaking of. And again, thanks for being on. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so we're, what we're doing is we're, <clears throat> it's called the MMIR, and it's called the Murdered Missing Indigenous Relatives. And we kind of, there's another one called MMIW, and that's including our women. But um, the reason why we use MMMIR is because we want to be inclusive of all of our relatives, and it's it's women, um, it's men, it's youth um, that go mi- missing. It's two-spirit individuals that go missing, so we just want to be inclusive. So that's why we use the MMIR, and what this is is it's, it's our missing, murdered Indigenous relatives um, that go just murdered and missing at way higher rates than national average. And it feels, the issue here is that we feel a lot of our relatives, we feel invisible and our voices feel invisible a lot of the times. When we go murdered and missing, we don't have a lot of media coverage. We don't, the we have resistance when it comes, resistance when it comes to police helping out sometimes, depending on the area that you live in. So um, it's really concerning and we want to get awareness out there. And we've been, we held a march in February and um, we have an event coming up in May that I want to talk a little bit about too. So, yeah, that's awesome. I, I know in Nadine, uh, the one, the one of the things that I've heard, like from one of our guests uh, that comes on uh, pretty frequent, is uh, State Representative Heather Keeler, and she has spoken at uh, a couple of events regarding this. And one of the things that she said that kind of really hit me in my heart in a good way 
was that she's told her children that she will never leave them, that she would just not get up and leave. And I think a lot of the police and a lot of thing, uh, people think that, you know, our, our parents or our, our women just leave, get up and leave and, and don't worry about their children. And so she's made it clear that she, if she's dis, if, if she's missing, it's not because she left. So please come look for her almost is what she's saying. So those are important messages. I think we need to, to talk about to everybody about us. We're, we're still here. You know, we are humans. We're not caricatures. We're not, um, dinosaurs and all those things that, um, that the great work that you guys do, uh, and speaking our truth needs to be put out there. So I really appreciate what you guys do and have been doing. Thank you. Thank you. Um, to kind of to speak on that. Yeah. A lot of the times, uh, when we go murdered or missing, it's kind of passed off as, Oh, you know, we're, we'll be back or, you know, just give them time. Um, or our youth that our youth are runaways. And that's just, it's not the case. Um, a lot of the times. And so what that is doing, it's actually, um, preventing, um, there's a timeline that has to be followed for um, <clears throat> to report individuals missing, and there, we don't have to wait anymore. Um, we can report missing individuals right away, and so there's kind of, yeah, there's some uh, problems to to perceptions and everything of, I lost my train of thought, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right, but I think what, what your organization does and what we're talking about uh, missing and murdered uh, relatives, women, um, really puts it in the forefront because how many times has the national media followed one case with one blue-eyed, blonde-haired girl for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, and we find out that, you know, nine times out of ten, her boyfriend or husband has murdered her, and we're on this, uh, we don't fit the demographic uh of of people caring about us let's just put it out there like that so having an organization like yours and these events that you come up with really amplify what we go through as human beings yeah and that's just the thing too is is that we i don't think we're seen as human beings really because um it's just hard to i've heard stories i recently heard um nevea kingbird's family up in at our at our conference recently and um, the struggles with what they went through with law enforcement um, gaslighting the family. And it's just disheartening um, to hear that when they're supposed to be there helping us and helping our families. And it really about what it comes down to it is we're having to organize our own, our own relatives to search for our own people, because again, we don't feel like <clears throat> anybody cares about us or um, people are too busy. And the other thing is that I wanted to talk about to bring some education to it is this really um, stems from colonization and because a lot of people don't understand why this is happening and why we go why we're so high in numbers with the violence and one out of three native women you know will be suffer from some sort of violence and so it's 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 not normal and I I've seen and heard our people kind of normalize things and that's also not um, something that we want to normalize in our communities so I just, it's hard. It's definitely hard. 
Well, and then we have national uh, recognition. You know, we talk about the, the Savannah law that's been uh, passed uh, that we work on. And that's that's a really good example of, uh, you know, and to go deeper, too, I, I believe that we uh, have been colonized as dinosaurs and not human-like for hundred, hundreds of years in movies and, and books and things like that. So it's an uphill battle uh, for us to get our own story out there and talk about things that are, are real to our community and that affect everybody. And one out of three women being, uh, I, I want you to repeat that because if you go to a powwow or go anywhere, you look and count one out of three women have been abused in, in one way or another. That's staggering. Yeah, that is really staggering on. And I've been in the, sexual domestic violence and sexual violence field for a while and <clears throat> we do some education around that and it's so high and people just don't realize it it's that's a high number one out of three one of our that's your auntie that's your sisters that's our daughters that's our relatives you know so it's hard to hear those numbers and so that's why it's so important to do education and awareness and to keep this um going and to talk about things like this so thank you yeah and I, you know, just to let our listeners know, it, it's 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 a it's a thing. It's for reals, and um, we have a database. We have I see things on Facebook about our, our missing missing children, our missing women, and you know we're not even talking about things that happen up in Duluth Harbor right now. But hey, could, do you have time for another segment? Because we, we're getting on a hard break right now. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about your event on the next one. Okay. That's fine. Right, right on. Hey, you're listening to Native Ritz Radio Presents I'm Awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Please stay with us. Unwanted sexting or photos, inappropriate jokes, even tickling or wrestling can feel like a violation. Catcalling, cornering, or groping, getting them drunk or high for sex, recording sexual acts without permission, hurting someone because of their sexual orientation, ripping a family member, a child, a date, a friend, a stranger, purchasing a human being for sex. You make the choice every single time. Sexual violence is many things. Make a choice. Do not do it. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, Cudigy to all my friends and relatives in four directions. This is Robert Pilot of Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. I'm here to ask you for your support. Finding honest, Native-centered news is not easy. But with your support, we're able to provide accurate information about Standing Rock, Line 3, treaty violations, and COVID-19 in our Native communities. Please visit Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon and donate if you can. That's Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon. Pinigigi, and thank you for your support. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. I am Oshawashko Gajig. I'm from Red Lake Nation, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. 
Welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake. I'm your host, Robert Pilot. Uh, this segment's uh, supported by MN350, a grassroots organization organization fighting for climate justice and i'm here with anita and we're we're talking about mmiw and uh kind of the background of it and also an event that's coming up welcome back thank you thank you for having me yeah well let's talk a little bit about um maybe the history of uh the march that we're speaking we're going to be speaking of and who can come and how how it came about and just as some general information Okay, sure. I'm just going to light some sage here, too. Um, So we have a march that we did in about, we did in February. Um, And that's, the MUSAC has been doing that for many years now. And it has grown over the years. And so, but we do have a, we have that in February. And then, um, MMR, MMIR became a national movement, and so there's also also a national uh, day of um, action regarding MMIR, and that's May 5th, and that's coming up in a couple weeks. May 5th, the event that we have planned will be at the Capitol Mon, and this is to um, gain awareness and be smack dab in the Capitol, on the Capitol Lawn, and to draw awareness of of our murdered missing indigenous relatives and so that our legislative people in there can see that, you know, we're not going anywhere. We're still here. Um, We're still going to speak up. Um, We're still going to create awareness. We're still going to, you know, push for funding. We're still going to be doing everything that we need to do to keep um, this momentum going to create the awareness and have our, keep our, keep voices for our families that want to speak up on this. And so that event is coming up May 5th, and it'll be 12 to 3 p.m. Um, everyone is welcome to attend and tr- t- just to come support. We're going to be having food, um, and then we're going to be having speakers, and we are going to be setting up teepees Wow! on the lawn. And actually, Rory Wake em Up is helping us with the, the teepee, teepee action, so we really appreciate that. And I believe we're going to be doing some art. And so it's going to be a good event. Please come out May 5th, 12 to 3, if you are able. Um, it's going to be an outdoor event, and it should be really good if you want to get involved. Um, contact me, and uh, we can see how if you, how we can help you um, help out. You know, uh, was it last year where we had all those uh, red dresses through the whole Capitol, along with these beautiful MMIR TPs that Rory set up uh, was unbelievable. Are we looking for um, some art like that again this year? Yeah, um, I know they did that. I think it was the year before. I know last year, I think they went to Boom Island. Since I'm still pretty new, I'm still trying to get um, grounding of what has done in the past. Um, so, yeah, they definitely they have done this before. It's been very impactful. Um, the teepees, seeing the teepees on the Capitol lawn is something that I love. And I actually want to be, I want to help out this year in setting up teepees. There's another aspect to it that um, 
was brought up by community members and <clears throat> they felt strongly that they wanted to include the boarding school um, children that were mm-hmm. um, deemed, you know, originally because um, they were also murdered and they went missing during the boarding school era. And so <clears throat> they want to remember that, remember our young ones that died there and the families that were affected by that. And then long-term, a lot of us were affected by that. So they we're going to have the idea is to set up an orange teepee as well with the other teepees. And then I think the red dresses are coming too. So it's coming together and it's really good that we're recognizing and we're acknowledging the, the boarding school piece of it too, because there's a lot of trauma there um, from the past and even present right. um, our people with what we had to go through with that um, rigid um, policy that the government had um, implemented. Absolutely. I know uh, that's interesting that you said that because I was going to ask you if we should be wearing red and uh, you just answered it red or orange. It sounds like uh, is going to be the the color of the day to wear. Yep, definitely red. And then um, acknowledging the orange too that um, for our boarding school, um, young ones that were lost and that and our survivors too. Right. And you talk about uh, that there's trauma and traumas uh, been handed down through the boarding school, but uh, also when you're missing a loved one, we see that during uh, the March in February, how many people call out the names of people and some that are still missing and have not been found. Um, That's really heartbreaking. It is. I actually, we had a, a woman contact Musac and <clears throat> her daughter was, went missing. I'm going to, I'll just say her first name, but her first name is Don. And she, there's so many stories out there um, similar and it's just, it's sad. It's heartbreaking. Um, but that's why we do this to remember them and to honor them and to know that, you know, um, we think of them and we want to honor them. Um, and that they are gone, but they're not forgotten. Right. And I, I think, you know, some people would like it forgotten, especially when we, we reach out for help when our, our ones are missing and we don't get, uh, a lot of help. Uh, and there's many different reasons and it's been going on for many, 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 many years. Um, and again, I just want to touch, you know, jump back and talk a little bit about that we are human, that we have families, we have loved ones, and we're uh, we're still here, and we're First Nations here. And there's things that uh, I think is changed over the years, but still lingers about how did how people treat Native Americans and uh, the First People here in this this continent, and. Um, I'm really happy that you're bringing this up and that event at the Capitol, I guess it was two years ago, um, was just amazing, uh, visually. And then with the speakers, who, who do you have, uh, coming aboard or is it going to be kind of a call up thing when, when we have speakers at the Capitol? Um, let me see who we have lined up is, um, we got confirmation from, uh, Peggy Flanagan. So LG Lieutenant governor will be there for sure. This this time, um, she wasn't able to make it to the march, I think, um, but she'll definitely be there. And then we have Senator Kunish is coming. 
Um, they've always been so supportive and they're just always ready to go when we ask them to come. So we're just really appreciative. And then I actually have um, my uncle is coming in from Crow Creek and he's tribal chairman right now. And he's um, Peter Lenkeek. And um, just to, since it's national, um, South Dakota and North Dakota have been dealing with um, so many murdered and missing relatives too over there. So it'd be good to hear what's going on in um, South Dakota too with uh, what they're doing. Um, and then just to touch on that, <clears throat> to educate that a lot of this is systematic too. We are not able to, with some of the laws and policies in place, we're not able to, and we need to change this. We're not able to charge non-natives that um, perpetrate on our lands. And so that's a real problem. And it's like tying our hands um, we're not able, you know, they're, they want us to be sovereign nations, but then they're tying our hands with policies and legisl legislative um, laws that aren't helping us. So we need to change that and we need to get the community aware of um, th these things, these systematic things that are barriers to getting justice for our families, too. So that's important um, that we want to bring up that it's also we're fighting a systematic battle, too. Yeah, just to be clear, uh uh we police if if a white person was to come on let's say a reservation a sovereign nation um and commit a crime any kind of crime the the police cannot go in and arrest them is that right yeah it has to do with jurisdictional um and and the funny thing about it's not funny actually, but they're they're you know going putting their hands up and saying we can't charge them. It's not our jurisdiction. But then a lot of our um land our, we don't have tribal law enforcement. Some of our um right. reservations we don't have that. We don't have court systems to that are set up. A lot of some tribes do, and are you know they're making waves with that. But it's a lot of tribes don't. So it's hard. It's really hard. They expect us to. Um, and then when we can't charge um, non-native perpetrators, it just makes it really hard to, like I said, get the justice that the families need. And so it's just really disheartening to deal with yeah. that. Yeah, and I, I wanted to bring that up because I think that is so hard. Another another thing that's so hard to believe that uh, that we're dealing with on a daily is is things like that. People creeping on, in on the on the tribes and the nations and the sovereign nations and being able to do whatever they want and then kind of jump on the other line of uh, the nation and not have anything happen to them. So yeah, that, yeah. that's amazing again. Yeah. And then, it, yeah, it has to do with jurisdictional and sometimes the feds don't, they're, they're not willing to pick up the case. And so it's just frustrating all the way around. So it's understanding that piece too. So let's uh, let our audience know here. We got less than a minute left uh, about the the event in May. One more time. Okay, um, May fifth, twelve to three p.m. at the Capitol Lawn. Um, please show up if you can. We're going to have speakers and food, and um, we're going to have teepees set up, and um, it should be a good day. Please come if you can. Well, Pinigigi, for coming on and speaking your truth and letting people know what's going on. I really appreciate you and Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition for leading the way in so many, many different things. Uh, Pinigigi, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and we'll be right back after this short break. Stay with us. 
Hey, Kadigi to all my friends and relatives in four directions. This is Robert Pilot of Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. I'm here to ask you for your support. Finding honest, Native-centered news is not easy. But with your support, we're able to provide accurate information about Standing Rock, Line 3, treaty violations, and COVID-19 in our Native communities. Please visit Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon and donate if you can. That's Native Roots Radio Network on Patreon. Pinigigi, and thank you for your support. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hey, welcome back to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Howl. Howl. It threw me off there a little bit, Wendy. I thought that's our last one, last segment there. But hey, I want to introduce Wendy, <laughs> our, my awesome, beautiful wife who likes to throw me off here a little bit. And uh, you talk about sacred animals, and uh, I learned so much. And I know talking to people that listen to the show, Wendy, uh, they feel the same way, that I'm really getting educated by you and what's going on in Turtle Island and uh, along with our relatives uh, with Whose Tales um, fins and big noses and stuff like (laughs) that. But I appreciate you and appreciate you. being on uh, this seven years that we've been on and uh, talking about these important issues and educating us. Uh, so, Pinagigi, thanks for being on. Yeah, thank you, Robert. You know, I always uh, learn stuff, too, by looking up this stuff. And uh, I did throw you off. I need to keep you on your toes. <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of natural for me when I know it's my segment to howl for Ooh. Howling for Wolves. So that's why I did Good that. One. Yeah, but, you know, I've been talking about this bird, uh, bird eagle, yeah. bald eagle, Murphy, Right, who's in the World Bird Sanctuary in St. Louis, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And he's been there since he's a fledgling. So a fledgling is a bird that's just about ready to fly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have an update on Murphy. So Murphy, very quickly, for those who don't know, Murphy's been in the sanctuary for many years, most of his life. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, this first spring, decided that he wanted to be a father. So he got a rock and incubated the rock and felt very uh, maternal about the rock and eagles, the male and the female do the same duties as raising the young. So um, he just felt like really maternal. Mm. 
But what happened is they found another fledgling who was orphaned and brought him to Murphy. And now him and Murphy are bonding. So the World Bird Sanctuary in St. Louis, Missouri, has been giving updates every now and then. People are asking tons of questions about it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's really um, awesome. But here's the thing. You can adopt murphy as your very own what? yeah come over for dinner <laughs> you can adopt him oh. the symbolic adoption uh. program at the world bird sanctuary helps to provide food and care for your favorite feathered friends so uh you can give a gift and it really makes a big difference and enjoy a full year of benefits by becoming a proud parent today you could give any amount of money between you know twenty nine dollars and one hundred and twenty nine, so if you want to do that, that'd be great. Uh, but Murphy came to the World Bird Sanctuary, like I said, as a fledgling, uh, the age of just leaving the nest from a facility in Oklahoma to be released with another fledgling bald eagle that was hatched at World Bird Sanctuary. He unfortunately arrived with a broken leg, but once his leg was all healed up. Uh, a release was attempted. Uh, Murphy did not not succeed at leaving his release nest and broke his left wing at his elbow. The joint fused together and Murphy can no longer open that wing to fly. So he's been there for his uh, most of his life. Uh, but the sanctuary has been really great and they've been getting lots and lots of phone calls um, and updates and questions. So people have asked uh, many, many questions about uh, the fledgling. So here's some updates we have and they try to do it every day. And we know you're all interested. So this is them speaking. We know you're all interested in this story and we love that you are. We will not be setting up live feed. Our current infrastructure cannot support it. We will be recording our trail cameras regularly. Murphy and Chick's enclosure is perfect for this current situation. Murphy cannot fly so high. High perches, perches and trees are not necessary. Also, we do not want the chick wandering in a large enclosure and meeting dangerous situations. This enclosure receives sun, is predatory proof, and is tailored specifically to their current needs. Their enclosure will change as the chick grows. And I did read on another site that the um, place where they are, their enclosure doesn't have a roof. Because they want the birds and the fledgling like to get used to the outside air, right? Mm-hmm. Rain, cloudy, sunny, you know, feel the wind and be able to understand that they are outside, right? Because if they're right. indoor and they have a roof, like they won't have any idea of what's going on. So I like that idea. And they did say also that if it's like very, very heavy rain or torrential rain and, you know, really heavy winds uh, and it's really crazy, they do go in there and modify. um, They do modify it. So um, also, let's see what else I have here. So uh, people have been asking, what's going to be the fledgling's name? (laughs) Right. What are we going to name it? But we will not be naming the, the eaglet. The baby bird. This bird is set for release back to the wild. We do not name the birds we will be releasing. Oh, that's kind of... Yeah, so they Fed. just kind of have a, they kind of have a. Hey there, what's his name flying over her head? I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think right. the, I, the eaglet has like a number and I don't know what the number is, but yeah, no. Um, yeah. Yeah. So the eaglets, uh, is from a nest in, 
Modoc, Illinois, that was destroyed during a storm. So people were asking where that eaglet came from. So Murphy is not regularly feeding the chick, nor is he sitting in the nest with the chick. And that's okay. They said that. Yeah. Murphy's main job right now is to be just a bald eagle who is tolerant of the chick being near him. We want the chick to imprint on its own species so it can be released. Knowing that is that is indeed a bald eagle is the first and most important step. So that's important. I mean, you don't want the eaglet to imprint on a different species of animal or a human, right? Because then you won't know what's happening. In the wild, Murphy would be hunting and returning to the nest with food. We do that for him here at the sanctuary, and that saves him a lot of time and energy, I guess, right? I mean, if somebody was uh, doing my uh, grocery shopping and cooking for me, that would be awesome, right? <laughs> so, And again, Murphy is a 31-year-old bald eagle. He has been at uh, the sanctuary for 30 years. Murphy arrived at the sanctuary with a broken leg, which was repaired. Re- was repaired Mm -hmm. and he was released unfortunately after his release he broke his wing yeah he sounds like a klutz of a bald eagle huh and was returned to us that wing injury could not be repaired properly so he remained in our care we will be posting soon about how the eagles will learn to fly and hunt so stay tuned i really like uh this organization just a little bit of background on them the world bird sanctuary is a conservation organization dedicated to saving endangered bird species since 1977. We are located 30 minutes southwest of St. Louis, Missouri. We house 200-plus non-releasable birds, Hmm. yeah, mostly raptors, uh, rehabilitate 600-plus birds of prey every year, educate hundreds of thousands upon birds. Wait, what does this say? educate hundreds of thousands about birds and conservation and have several programs dedicated to breeding and releasing endangered birds. Our team is 28 individuals Mm -hmm. plus volunteers and interns. And you could go ahead and uh, donate. You could go to the world bird sanctuary.org and uh, check it out. And even if you don't, you can't donate, you don't have the funds. Uh, it's fun just to look at all the pictures. They put tons of um, really, um, oh, they, listen to this. They also oh. have t-shirts available. Hey, get me one. Oh, that's good. Because I like, well, yes, I like it sh- <laughs> a soft t-shirt. That's right. <laughs> um, so how much time do I have, Robert? Because I have a little thing here. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Okay. So this time of year, a lot of baby birds are being born. So, so if you find a baby bird, these are things, um, that you could do and what could help and what doesn't. So here's the general rule. Does it have feathers? If it does not have feathers or no feathers or only a few, that means that the bird is in need of help. Mm. Yep. Please pick me up and call our a resource, a rescue center for help. Now, does the bird have feathers? Yes. If the bird has feathers, does it run? And then there's another thing. Okay. So it has feathers, but does it run or hop when you approach? Mm. Okay. If it does not run or hop when you approach it, It is in need and it does need help, right? Yeah. So if it does run and it does hop to get away when you approach it, um, 
that is a fledgling and please leave me alone. Mm. So I think that's important because I think I know me, if I see a little bird, even if it's hopping away from me and I know it can't fly, I'm going to chase down that bird and try to get it, right? Right. (laughs) And I'm going to try to save it. But you shouldn't do that. So if it can hop or uh, run a little bit and it's it's, it's leaving, just leave it there because it's learning. It it needs to learn um, how to fly. All right. Yeah. A couple of good news here, Robert. I just want to put this out there. You know, when we go to New York and we see the horse and buggy carriages, we really hate that, right? I mean, these things have been going on for (laughs) a really long time. They know we do because I was, I don't know, what did I do last time? Did I give them the finger last time? I think you told them. Well, I said something like, you're going to be gone in my lifetime. Right. Like, there's not going to be anything. And he said something really nasty. And I think you gave him the. One half, of you, yeah, half, half a peace, peace sign, sign half yeah. a peace sign. But here's some breaking news. <laughs> yeah, Philadelphia is set to become oh. the first city in the United States to replace horse carriages with electric carriages. Right. So it's not putting these people out of business. Right. right. So these people can just transition to the electric carriages, put the horses out to pasture and in, in sanctuary, let them have a nice little life instead of Every day, walking on this concrete and tar. Exhaust. Exhaust, car exhaust, traffic, beeping noises, people talking. It's very, very busy in these cities where they have these horse uh, horse carriages. I wish they'd so, get rid of them in Stillwater, too. Yeah, it Seriously. really is sad. So... In our lifetime, it will happen. Things are changing for the better in a yes. lot of things. So, yeah. Well, Wendy, thanks. Uh, we're going to grab you on another segment here. But appreciate those updates. And, yeah, it's always sad to talk about uh, mm-hmm. our uh, our relatives that are in pulling people around on tar and in the cities, uh, mm-hmm. the horses. But, hey, one good thing is Tucker Carlson's getting off Fox. <laughs> That's all I have to say. So I, I'm happy for that. But up next, Pen Wendy. Pay $787 million. What? 787. Oh, $787 million. <laughs> Fox News, right. Yeah. All right. You, you're talking in code. We'll be right back <laughs> after this short break. Stay with us. Hey, Ogama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit MN350.org. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl.
Hey, welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake. This portion of the show is sponsored by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Howl. Oh. Wow, that was an interesting one you had there. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> hey, Wendy, introduce yourself. You didn't introduce yourself the last second. Yeah. Hey, everybody. My name is Hanaji Hihani. That means cares for them. I was given that name by my Dega Curtis. Curtis goes by Mashke Hanajinga, which means walks on white clouds. I'm a humane policy volunteer leader for the Humane Society of the United States, and I work on animal issues at the local and state level. And it's always my pleasure to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, so what else you got for us? It's kind of like we're uh, doing Pilots Progressive Party. <laughs> And this is awesome. So I went <laughs> grocery shopping the other day and I was oh. kind of in, I had an inkling for some sweet chocolate. Oh. Yeah. So I was looking around and you I know why I don't like sweets. Yeah. Cause you're sweet enough. Thank you. Wait a second. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So Smoke I found balls. some chocolate that's right up my alley. Huh. Yeah. The name of it is endangered species chocolate. Huh. Yeah, and I got, uh, they come in all different kinds of flavors and everything, and my mouth's watering just thinking about it. I finished it up last night, so I'll have to go and get more. But they come in bars. They, ca- they have a website, Endangered, Endangered Species Chocolate, and I love this because, um, first of all, it tastes really yummy. I got oat milk, sea salt, and almonds, and dark chocolate. That was the flavor. Oat milk, sea salt, and almonds and dark chocolate. Oh, my God. It was so good. But anyway, I was reading about this company, and I really love this company because they're, like, really sustainable and everything. But on the back, they had a little story about the rusty patched bumblebee. Yeah, so I want to tell you guys about the rusty patched bumblebee. The rusty patched bumblebee. Bumblebee is one of 47 species of bumblebees in the North America and approximately 250 species worldwide. The rusty patched bumblebees live in colonies made up of a single queen bee and between 50 and several hundred female worker bees. Rusty patched bumblebee workers have a patch of rust colored hair on the middle of their abdomen. This is what gives it the species its name. <laughs> the rusty patch bumblebee can be found at elevations ranging from sea level to nearly one mile above sea level due to its ability to withstand colder temperatures than other bees. Whoa. Yeah, the rusty patch bumblebee builds underground nests in fields, grasslands, and near wetlands. And um, here's about their population. Of course, it's decreasing, right? Because mm-hmm. everything is really bad now. The rusty patch bumblebee was once common throughout the eastern and upper Midwestern United States and areas of southeastern Canada, but has declined by more than 90%. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, it is the first bumblebee to be listed as endangered under the United States Endangered Species Act. Mm. Isn't that crazy? But I really love this company because they care about you know, the endangered species and 10% of their net profits to save, uh, go to save wildlife. Mm. Yeah. Endangered species, chocolate 
partners with nonprofit wildlife and conservation organizations that are making a measurable and significant difference, such as the natural, um, I'm sorry, National Forest Foundation. The Dane Fossey Gorilla Fund International. Oh. Yeah, Xerxes Society for Invertebrate Conservation. Yeah, you could learn more about uh, their chocolate by going to <laughs> chocolatebar.com slash partners. Uh, and you could join uh, their organization in helping them uh, protect wildlife and habitats across the globe. Here are three simple ways to get involved, right? Consume with a conscious. Conscience. 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 It's always been a hard word for me to say. Aluminum. Aluminum. Uh, Purchase products that are fair trade, certified, sustainably grown, and support um, habitats for animals, right? Right. Yeah. Um, expand your knowledge, educate yourself on endangered species, conservation projects, and uh, organizations that are making a difference in our world. And then you can take action, engage in your community to create lasting change, share information in your community, volunteer, and encourage others to join your efforts. Uh, so you could learn more by going to Endangered Species Chocolates. And by the way, they are delicious. Right. Um, and this one, um, I don't know if... All of their um, chocolates are vegan, but this one was. Where'd you get it? I got it at London Byerly's. Oh. But you could, they have an online store mm-hmm. uh, where you can buy and. Uh, well, you they got have me one all without kinds salt in it because of my high, high blood, blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but you I saw know. my numbers were down last time I was at. I know, the and they there's they have a lot of good certifications. So they have a certification as being fair trade. Mm. They have a certification of being non-GMO verified, right? Because we don't want any GMO, right. right? Some of them are verified vegan, which I like those. Mm-hmm. Some are gluten free, kosher, and hey. then here's another one. I don't know about this one. Green dash E. We buy a hundred percent certified renewable energy, so they're green energy. Weird. They must yeah. have solar panels or something on there. I don't know. Or wind. Yep. Or water. So they're wow. really, really yummy chocolates, and well, uh, they're, give them a call. See if they'll advertise. They help. I know. I'm giving them free advertising right now. <laughs> no, right? that's good cause. Seriously. Exactly. There's, there's stuff out there that you can help or protect right. the environment, and uh, yeah. And so just like coffee, for instance, right? Coffee. Um, if you buy it, you have to be really careful when you buy coffee because you don't want to buy coffee where a seven year old kid is out in the, you know, the right. Uh, getting the cocoa beans. Not is it cocoa? No, the coffee beans. Yep. Coffee beans. Cocoa's chocolate. Yeah, you know you want to get something that's sustainable and reliable, and mm-hmm. you know stuff like that. Even like Steve's Coffee Shop. Yeah, Steve's Coffee Shop has that kind of coffee, and you could just buy a, a good brand of coffee instead of, um, you know, buying something that's going to hurt the environment something, or something hurt somebody. It's really hard to go through grown. life every day. Like you really, really have to. Um, oh, there's less too. And it's amazing not to, not to get down the rabbit hole, Wendy, but mm-hmm. when you see who owns these companies and yeah. even some of the, you know, even some of the, the, what you would think is a good company is owned mm-hmm. by a bad company because they need to, uh, to shield their badness. Yeah. 
Yes, I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, like uh, Nestle. Oh, God. All right, they steal a lot of water from places where they're not supposed to. It's really, they're really not a good, um, right. yeah. Well, I, I just wanna, Allegedly, so yeah. we don't get sued. and Or you don't get sued. Exactly, like allegedly, yeah. So every day, you know, we try to go through the through life by not harming anything or using too much that we're supposed to or you know, whatever. We just try to do our best. So if everybody just tries to do a little bit, I think it will go a long way. Well, and I think a good example of that is Meatless Monday. Yes. I really do. It really is. You know, just people don't, day. yeah, people don't talk about this, but agriculture industry mm-hmm. and the meat industry causes more uh, gases and greenhouse gases and problems than like cars and planes combined Mm -hmm. with agriculture uh business and the ranchers and all of them have a big stake in washington dc and people don't talk about it you know just do a uh, meatless monday would be fantastic right and then you know the spring's coming people are gonna i'm gonna be watching people robert we're gonna be out there walking the dogs we're gonna be everybody spraying that roundup and all oh, their other God. chemicals all over their lawns let your dandelions come out so that 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 really is the bee's first food and let our squirrels be free yes right <laughs> our squirrels leave our squirrels alone we like our squirrels Hey, if you are listening to this a broadcast, you are part of the resistance from Chief Plenty Coops, the ground in which we stand on. It is sacred ground. It is the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, or run for office. You're listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and we'll be on tomorrow. We're still here. We are the seventh generation. Free Leonard Peltier. Now. Be